It's I'm Gonna Stop Right There, the podcast that debates the burning topics in sports. All right, hello everyone, how we doing? I'm very excited to welcome everyone to the very first episode of the I'm Gonna Stop You Right There podcast. Uh, my name is Tyler Ader, and I'm joined virtually by Matt Chalou and Cooper Sherman. How are you guys doing? Great. Fantastic. Glad to no hear complaints. it. So just to start things off, I thought it would be good since it's our first episode, um, just to go around and give some brief introductions. Um, so I'll go ahead and start. Uh, so like I said, my name is Tyler. I'm 25, living in Florida currently. Uh, but I am originally from Wisconsin, so my heart is with Wisconsin sports. Um, and uh, a fun fact about me is that my hometown is actually the birthplace of a kind of a niche sport. Uh, have you guys ever heard of cow chip throwing? No, I, ha- I haven't, honestly. So it's exactly what it sounds like. Basically, what we do is uh, we take cow manure, dry it out, like put it into pancakes, and then... <laughs> It's a competition to see you can throw the cow chip the farthest. Oh, oh wow! So, yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> exciting stuff. <laughs> but if you guys are ever in Sauk Prairie, Wisconsin, you have to check it out. Um, wow. Yeah, learn something new but, every yeah. day, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so it's, it's a little about me. I'll I'll pass the floor over here to Matt. Um, Matt, who are you? Tell the people. Um, I'm Matt Shalou. I'm from Buffalo, New York, but I'm currently at school at St. Bonaventure University in Olean, New York, a little bit about hour and 15 minutes south of Buffalo. I'm a senior there, journalism communications major, um, and I'm 21, and actually a week from tomorrow I will be 22. So that's a fun fact about me, I guess. Um, nice. Some of Bills, Sabres, Yankees, and I like the Cleveland Cavaliers for basketball, so it's been a little rough over there. Sabres, it's been rough too, but Bills and Yankees, I'm holding out hope for them, but I guess we'll see. I'm- I'm interested. Where does that Cleveland uh, fandom come in? Honestly, from me, they're probably the closest basketball team. We can get there in about three hours. Well, I guess Toronto would be time-wise um, up there in Canada. But I don't know. Cleveland's just always been closest. I'm a huge LeBron guy. I always have been. Um, I, I can't show you because I'm on my laptop, but I got the big sticker of his block on Iguodala right on the nice. back of it. So I've always just Very been nice. a LeBron guy. And uh, I don't know. chose to just ride with them and uh, – I don't know. Hopefully we can take it from the bottom to the top one day. Great. So I'm Cooper Sherman. Um, I'm from Cape Elizabeth, Maine. I'm going to school at Emerson College in Boston right now. Um, sophomore majoring in sports communication and uh, obviously living here in New England. I am a big Boston sports fan, Patriots and Celtics are my teams. Uh, had a very dominant stretch, as you all pro- probably know, with the with the Patriots of these past twenty years. Um, not doing the best right now, but I think I think we're gonna rebound this year with the the leadership of of Mac Jones. So we'll we'll see where, where that goes. All right. So Matt, I mean myself, Tyler, huh? what we what, what we yeah, got going myself. on this week? Sorry about that. I, I muted myself. We got week got, one hey, technical vir- difficulties here. Virtual, you know, virtual always happens. Right. Always something like that. It wasn't gonna go 
perfectly smooth. We knew that coming in. So <laughs> yeah, we're getting the kinks out. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what sure. I'm telling myself about the Packers this week too. We're just getting the kinks out. That's what week <laughs> yeah. one's all, all about. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah. anyway, so I, I guess I, I'll just start by saying the, the goal of this podcast, um, you know, the name of it is I'm going to stop you right there. So what we want to do is we want to have an open discussion, um, something of a debate, um, but basically we want to do what other people are doing, but in a way that's um, kind of new and kind of fresh. So to start way. this week, yeah, exactly, unique way, exactly that. Um, so to start this week, we are going to talk about the most recent NFL uh, game, which happened last night, Monday Night Football, uh, between the Ravens and the Raiders. It was a crazy game. If anybody stayed up to watch it, they got their money's worth, that's for sure. Um, especially on the East Coast over here where those games get kind of late. Um, but the main focus that we're going to talk about mm. is kind of the injury troubles that plagued the Ravens coming into this season, coming into week one, um, losing their entire backfield. Um, and the main question I'm going to start things off with is, do we think that this affected the outcome? Um, it's kind of a storybook ending to the first week, losing the first game. Um, so I'm, I'm going to pass the floor to you guys. Uh, whoever wants to jump in, just go for it. Quick reactions. Do you think that the injury bug really had an effect on this game? Well, I don't I, I don't think so. It was it was a pretty close game throughout. Um, you know, L- Lamar Jackson, as as always, is quite a bit of a, a runner himself. Um, so he he sort of is is going to take over the the um, responsibility of. Of, of running a lot and uh it it didn't really didn't really help him in, in this game as he fumbled three times and I think that was the the issue in this in this game was obviously his three fumbles um that's that's never what you want you never want one fumble uh not to mention three um the passing game worked worked pretty well but you know the a sloppy late game, you know, uh, situation at, at the end there, um, coupled with the three fumbles was, you know, I think what did the Ravens in last night. Um, I'm going to agree with you partially. I don't think that the injuries had as much to do with it as people may think um, offensively, um, because I think that the Ravens, they have a good offensive line. They can, and like you said, their main runner is Lamar Jackson. He's still there. He still ran the ball, still ran the ball well. Um, but Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray stepped in and did a great job. Um, they're off, like I said, their offensive line is just so good. You can play Swever in there. Like I think Lev Bell and Devonta Freeman, if he does get it, um, activated as well from the practice squad, either one of them will step in and do fine as well um, because they do have such a good offensive line and they're just a ground and pound team and just the schemes, the formations that they use, they love running the ball. Now, defensively, I think the Marcus Peters injury may have hurt a little, but at the same time, the Raiders, and we saw early for much of the first three and a half quarters, their main target is Darren Waller, and he wouldn't be guarded by a corner anyway. So did Marcus Peters. Was he really missed? No. This week against the Chiefs, when they play on Sunday night, you'll probably notice that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, they didn't really target the wide receivers a lot until Brian Edwards on the final drive when they needed three points. He made his, we heard all this talk about him all offseason. He was nowhere to be found. I mean, he was out there, wasn't being targeted. Final drive, he has two huge catches, another two huge catches in overtime, almost the game when he touchdown where he comes up just short. And then obviously Zay Jones is the game winner. They 
I think Ruggs only had one or two catches as well, so they didn't really target the wide receivers at all. So I think the Peters injury will be big going forward, like I said, especially this week when you got Tyree Kill and McCole Hartman talk about speed on the outside for the Chiefs. Um, but offensively, no, I think they'll be just fine um, because, like I said, they love running the ball with Lamar Jackson. He's still going to do that well. And I love Latavius Murray. That's a great signing because he's a nice downhill back, much like Gus Edwards was, so he can fill that role perfectly. Dobbins, I don't know. They're going to have to – it's going to take more than one guy to fill that. But Tyson Williams was off to a great start last night. He was electric. Yeah, I, I definitely I, – I agree with both of you here. Um, just to give some context to what you were saying, Matt, uh, about the target share for the Raiders wide receivers. So Darren Waller had 19 targets last night. The next closest Damn. receiver was Hunter Renfro at nine. Oh, wow. um, So, yeah, that type of distribution is, is not going to work the same way going forward. And I guess a follow-up question that I have for you guys. So Tyson Williams had, by all measures, a, a great game coming into this week. Yeah. And that being said, he averaged over seven yards a carry. Um, he had 69 – or excuse me, 65 yards rushing – and a touchdown on only nine carries. Is this is this a fluke? Is this just a product of a good offensive line? Is he an answer going forward? What do you guys think? Um, I think a little bit of good offensive line. And, I mean, the Raiders, their defensive line has gotten better. Yannick and Guy quite coming over. Max Crosby was an absolute beast last night. Um, it was interesting to see uh, Cleveland Furl, their fourth overall pick a couple years ago, was a healthy scratch going to that. That's never good. Um but their defensive line is still one of the weaker ones in the league. Um, so, I mean, that probably had a lot to do with it, too. But, I mean, I feel like you can put anyone back there and they'll be so good because they can run that read option. And half the time, you know, they run the read option and the, the double option, things like that. And a lot of defenders still think Lamar has the ball. And here goes him. Here goes Tyson Williams for 14 yards. And that's just – so you put him in another offense, does he run that well? Probably not. But it's like having that dynamic back there is what keeps them guessing. So I feel like – I'm not going to say anyone could step in and do it because obviously us three couldn't. I'm not going to say any professional running back could do it because that's probably not the case. But um, no, that's a lot, you know, beneficial of his success. And the Chiefs are a defense too that really gives up a lot. I mean, we saw against Cleveland this week, so I expect them to have another good game in week two. And uh, you know, we might struggle against teams like the Browns and Steelers who have great front sevens, especially being in the division. He'll play them twice a year. Um, but for now, yeah, I'm buying all in on him and. Uh, I like how Latavius Murray's a nice like change of pace to that because he's a guy you can put in the single back pistol formation. He can just run you right down your throat, right down the middle. And that's what he did on his touchdown last um, last night. He plowed right up the middle and scored. And I think the two of them can be a good tandem. And then Vector and Left Bell, whenever they choose to have him going, I think he might play next week. Um, I think they're just putting him on the practice squad to get him ready. So hopefully he's ready by next Sunday night. Um, now you factor him in as well. And you got a dangerous three. And I'm going to say four headed monster because, like I said, Lamar Jackson could run it as well. I think it's just too too early to tell. Uh, I, it's it's week one, um, as Ty was said earlier. We're still ironing out the kinks, so I don't think it's you can really say he's you know Tyson Williams is going to be a solid running back or no he's going to be a, a bust this year. I think it's 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 just too early to tell. Week one, a lot of things are uncertain. Mm-hmm. Fair. fair points. I, I, I tend to, I tend to agree with, uh, with Matt on this one. And I think the big point that you brought up that, that really solidifies my agreement is the Latavius Murray aspect. Um, I think the situation is just perfect. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, I do expect Tyson Williams to be a, a centerpiece moving forward. And I mean, I, I went out on all my fantasy, all my fantasy teams and put in a waiver claim this week. So I'm definitely high on Tyson Williams. I thought that that performance last night was something special. 
especially given the context of where he's starting and why he's starting. Um, so yeah, uh, follow up to all of this. We, uh, we had a little mini discussion beforehand, uh, kind of unprompted about the Raiders and how they often get off to these hot starts, um, but they end up fooling us in the end. Um, so what, what do you guys think? Do you think that this is full steam ahead for the Raiders? Do you think that we are being tricked once again? What, what does the end of the season look like here for John Gruden and company? Um, I hope it can be a good result. I mean, I root for the guy because, I mean, I grew up watching him on Monday Night Football and loved him. And he was a great um, analyst. So ever since he's taken over, I mean, you know, I'm secretly rooting for the guy. And uh, Derek Carr looked fantastic against one of the defenses that we would say is one of the best in the NFL. And they play the Steelers this week. And as a Bills fan, I could say firsthand that they're one of the best events of the NFL, too, because I had to watch that. Um, I don't know the right word for it. Mess that occurred on Sunday. Um, but their defense is good. So if he can put up numbers like that again against that, I'm buying all in. But like I was talking to you guys before the show, I feel like the Raiders always start good and kind of tail off. So I don't want to ride the highs too high and not going to ride the lows too low. Hopefully it's just, you know, head down. This one's in the past. Great win. Pittsburgh week. Focus on that. Go from there. Um, I'd like to see him, you know, finally kind of get things going, but they just play in such a tough division. They're not going to beat the Chiefs, and Broncos look good on Sunday. Granted, they only played the Giants, and I mean, the Chargers are a nice young and up-and-coming team, too, so it's going to be tough, but good start. I mean, that's a game that I gave them no chance in winning, and then factor in, they went down 14 nothing. My 2% chance I gave them a winning went to zero, and there they were, so got to give them credit, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, again, I think it's too early to tell if the, the Raiders are, ge- are going to be le- legit this year. Um, Derek Carr, is, he's, he's, not, he's not an awful quarterback, but I don't think he's a terrific quarterback either. He's sort of in, in the middle, um, you know, a little bit inconsistent. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, Maybe I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that Derek Carr is going to succeed. Um, I think that that'd be good. Um, they got, you know, a good wide receiving core with Renfro and, and uh, Henry Ruggs, and not to mention Darren Waller. I, I think the second best tight ends in the NFL um, next to, to Travis Kelsey. Um, so they've definitely got a lot of talent on offense. And how about Car- Carl Nassib with the with the um, s- strip sack at, at the at the end end of the game? Um, that that was that was that was huge for them. Um, so definitely a, 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 a great game from from the Raiders. But are they going to continue this? I don't know. It remains to be seen. That's we'll see. Yeah. I think it's all going to come down to Derek Carr. Um, and that, I mean, he threw the ball 56 times last night, right? So, well, that's a lot. The offense is going to live and die by his arm. He had over 435 yards, right? But at, at the same time, if, if he plays well, I think they have a great shot. If he you know, gets back to that MVP kind of level of play that we saw a few years back, it could be all good things for the Raiders this year. Obviously, I think they need to diversify a little bit more on offense. I mean, 19 targets for one player. That's it's a blueprint for defensive for defenses, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Coop, that it's, it's far too early to tell, but I think it's completely going to pe- depend on Derek Carr and his performance going forward. Yeah, for sure. So. Most definitely. 
right, well, I think we're good to leave the Ravens and Raiders be now. Uh, we can move on to our next topic of discussion, uh, which was the Patriots and Dolphins, and specifically um, the fact that the Patriots have had a lot of trouble beating the Dolphins as of late. Oh, and, boy, uh, you got that right. <laughs> since you guys are the New England natives here, um, you undoubtedly know the history here much better than I do. So I'm going to let you guys take the floor on this one. I'm, I'm very interested to hear your takes. Uh, Coop, you look like you're ready. So yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah I yeah, I'm, re- I'm re- ready to go. Um, yeah, <laughs> the, the Dolphins seemingly have had the Patriots number for years even in the, the Tom Brady era, and it has never made sense to me. Like they'll just randomly have like one, even two losses to the Dolphins. And the Dolphins haven't even been that g- good of a team. Sure, they're certainly getting better the past couple of years, but the, it's certainly been winnable games for the Patriots all these times. And yet they seem to just to just choke i don't i don't know what it is um maybe maybe it's mental i don't know i i think that 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 could be it it's just you know maybe like you know when you're playing against a a sibling or something and they they know you really well um somehow they know you like like no one else knows you um so the it was a very winnable game this this past week. The Patriots only lost by one, and it's like, oh man, so close so, yet so far away. And I I think the big thing was th- that the Patriots just ran out of timeouts with a few minutes left, so the Dolphins could just run out the clock, and it's just it was so so difficult just sitting there like we can't do anything about this man well just just lend some oh go for it oh no go ahead go ahead i I just wanted to lend some credence there to what what coop is saying about it maybe not being a a tangible thing maybe it's a mental thing yeah so on paper Uh on paper the patriots are the winners of this game i mean no doubt no doubt 24 first downs to miami 16 393 total yards to Miami's 259, 268 passing yards to Miami's 185. On paper, they won this game, right? So that lends credence to it being something other than just the tangible stats here. But anyway, Matt, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, you guys, you guys, um, you Patriots fans had the inside track to that game, but was it the Damian Harris fumble three minutes left down on what the 25? Because, I mean, yeah. you're looking at a field goal at least is the lead. Um, I mean, that would have been typical Bill Belichick, you know, ground and pound first downs. You could have kicked a field goal as time expired. I mean, that was just unfortunate. So that's why you got all this. You got all the stats going for you in that um, regard. It's just the one costly turnover, and that just happened to be the difference. Because, like you said, all the other stats there are better than them. And, and I just wanted to bring up your point about how you guys can't beat the Dolphins. It's just funny how, as a Bills fan, that's the one team you guys haven't seemed to have lost to. And Tom Brady, what, <laughs> they beat them twice. So, like, yeah. it's like it goes opposite directions. Then the Jets, uh-huh. I feel like, it's just somewhere in the middle for you guys. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, so, like, on paper, they definitely won that game 100%. It literally just came down. And I think the rookie, um, Stevenson, didn't he fumble earlier in the game, too? So, really, it came down to those two fumbles. I mean, those were the, the difference. Um, and Tua took care of the ball. I and mean, didn't play great. Nothing. I mean, he didn't play bad. It was just nothing flashy. Took care of the ball, and that was the difference. But um, I also look at that. Mac Jones played well. First NFL start, though. 
that oh, yeah, I think if when they play again, they play again later in Miami. Patriots are the much better team. I don't think they'll have a problem. Might have just been a little bit of nerves there. Even though neither the turnovers were his fault. He he did all he could. He played great. Um, so I mean that's something that'll just come together because the defense only giving up 17 points. Can't ask for much more. Um, it was just two costly fumbles at bad times. Then neither of those fumbles happened. You could have put up seven each time. We're talking about a totally different outcome. So I mean, I think when they play later, they'll um they'll figure it out and they'll have the Dolphins number. And I think this weekend the poor New York Jets are gonna get all the um anger taken out on them by the Patriots and I think they will <laughs> figure it out from there. So yes, you got you got that right. Um when Bill Belichick loses a game, he he does not like to lose another one. So he gets prime prime focused on the next one. They're just like we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to New York yeah. in this case. Yeah, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know the, the, the fumbles by the Patriots running backs certainly didn't help, but I don't think that was that was the only thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I throwing think... the uh, Bill Belichick factor against rookie quarterbacks too this weekend was that Wilson coming up. Could be a scary place for the Jets. And, you know, it's a home game for them too. You feel bad, but I'm still not giving them much of a chance. Uh-huh, no. <laughs> yeah, I – I think that Patriots fans, Coop, you, you have every reason, even with this one-point loss and, you know, kind of the suffering that you had to go through at the end of the game there, every reason to be optimistic. Uh, Mac Jones, I, I was completely wrong in my earlier take uh, a couple of weeks ago saying that Cam Newton should be the starter. Um, Jones oh, looked exposed. Yeah, you're right. It's ice cold. <laughs> ice cold. Um, just a, an interesting stat here that I found. So Jones completed 74% of his pass attempts in his debut, wow. which is a rookie QB record Wow! Um, with at least 30 attempts. So you're talking about a good volume of attempts, still throwing 74%. That's, that's incredible. And it, there's a lot of reason for optimism going forward for Patriots fans. I think, like you guys said, this upcoming week is going to be uh, kind of a bloodbath. So, Yeah. And he's, that's always been his go-to too. I mean, at Alabama, he was pinpoint accurate. And that was the one thing that, I mean, accuracy, it's something that can be improved, but it's also something that very well can translate over from. So you knew coming in, I mean, he wasn't just going to forget how to hit guys. I mean, nerves don't nerves do a lot, but they don't hit you like that. You know how to place a football, you know how to place a football. I know there's a little bit different dimensions. He's had no problem. Um, and I expect that number to stay the same throughout the rookie season. I had no reason to believe otherwise. Like I said, he's always been pinpoint accurate. And he's going to continue to do so, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets he gets those few uh, rookie hiccups straightened out. I think I remember one one play yesterday that was kind of like a backward type pass that ended up being a fumble. Um, just those few oh, yeah. things straightened out, and yeah, it's nothing but good things for New England uh, in the future. No, um, yeah, I agree. Good. Did you guys have any other points on this topic that you wanted to make sure got said? Yeah. Um, I, I think that's, that's it. That, uh, that's, that's about it. Oh, what, one thing I, I, I will say is that the Patriots new wide receivers, I think are doing, doing pr- pretty well. Kendrick Bourne looked, looked pr- pr- pretty solid. He had this w- one play where, where he was juking multiple Dolphins defenders. I didn't really know much about Kendrick Bourne bef- before he came to the Pats, but he looks like he's going to be. A, a special wide receiver for, for the Patriots. So, um, you know, we were very, very close. It showed many signs of promise. Um, and, you know, I think 
if we're if we're not playing the Dolphins, that we we win that game. So um, I think uh, we we are going to be a wild card team this season at least. Yeah, watching that game, I know uh, in past discussions, my prediction was that they wouldn't make the playoffs, be a 500 team. I, I'm I'm going to jump ship here and get on board with uh-huh. Coop. I, they looked like a playoff team uh, on Sunday. Um, and just one, one thing that I wanted to highlight, Nelson Aguilar, he is becoming one of my favorite players to root for in the league. All the adversity he's seen in past seasons and to see him still having success and with a rookie quarterback at that, um, I, I think it's downright awesome. So I love to see it. It gives me a reason to watch the Patriots each week. So nice. Matt, do you have any last words on that topic? If not, we can, we can keep on moving ahead here. Oh, I agree with you. I was actually going to bring up Nelson Aguilar when he was talking about the receivers because he played great as well, having the touchdown and all. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think they got a good thing going and I agree. I think they're a wild card team this year. Good deal. We are all in agreement. Not a lot of debate. Oh man, this this is sort of supposed to be a debate (laughs) podcast. Oh geez, it's an evolving concept. So much easier place if you know (laughs) just like us. We are right now, but we're we're setting a new standard here. (laughs) Look out, Stephen A. and Max. I guess not Max anymore. Yeah, Stephen A. and rotating piece. I think it's someone new every day of the week. Speaking of which, did you guys, this is going to be a tangent right now, but did you guys see like reports that he forced out Max? Is that, is that real? Did I just see that on Twitter? Am I going really? crazy? No, I didn't see that, but um, when I heard one of my buddies talking about it, but I don't know. I usually don't watch them because I can't take it. I agree. Like, I mean, there's I, like all the funny moments that do happen, you'll see on Twitter. So it's not worth sitting through the two, three hour mm-hmm. show for. Um, yeah. I don't know. Cause I mean, I some, like they just, I mean, they're so like takes that are so ridiculous that like just makes it unbelievable and it's like all those takes you'll see the you'll see the worst of the worst on social media and i mean when there's good you'll see it too so it's like yeah i can't pay myself sitting there all day um watching them but i don't know completely agree. both completely both agree. just the way just the way they are i don't know <laughs> but yeah it's interesting i mean i don't know I, I don't know enough about the two but i mean eh, who knows maybe he forced them out seems like right. it could be legit yeah, it could it could it could have happened. I didn't I didn't see that, but I don't think it's out of the question. Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I, I don't know if anything is true in there. So you know, whoever's <laughs> listening, don't go running and telling your friends that you heard it here first because don't quote us sure. on that. Don't quote us on that. That could just be rumors, <laughs> and speculation. But um, all right. Well, let's let's move right ahead here then. So, kind of our final topic here to to get week one in the books. Um, we're just going to go back and forth a little bit, talk about our fantasy weeks, um, maybe some sneaky sleeper picks for next week, waiver wire ads, um, outlooks, what, whatever you want to bring to the table here. We'll just kind of open it up and, and see where the discussion takes us. So uh, just to uh, kind of a little preamble here, all three of us are a part of this, the same league. Um, one of our leagues anyway, we're all in the same league. Um, so we'll all get to play each other. I know Coop and Matt, you guys had week one uh, sure facing did. off. Yeah, sure you did. guys maybe maybe talk about your matchup <laughs> a little bit. What went right? What went wrong? Things like that. Um, uh, and we'll go from there. It was ugly. Uh, I got the <laughs> 104 to 96 win. Uh, low scoring, gruesome battle. Uh, I tallied 
seven points for my two running backs. Zeke had five, and Randy <laughs> Mostert had two before he left with injury. So it was tough. Um, Josh Allen only with 15. The late decision for me to start AB Thursday night, though, led me with 23 wow. points. That was my – that that's what it came down to. Sneaky good move. Um, and really looking at my bench, I mean, I left Jameis Winston on there with 29 points. I would have oh, never no. thought to start him over Josh Allen. So yeah, it's like, yeah, nah, I can't be have. mad at that. Um, Cole Beasley at 14. That would have been nice. But I had Randall Cobb only at four. It's not like I left points out there. Um, it was just an ugly, uh, bruising win. I'm happy that I was on the 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 like proper end of it. But obviously, it could have went the other way real quickly. It was a nice, low-scoring tight game. Yeah. The, um, I was in a good position to take the, the lead Monday night with Lamar Jackson and – Mark Andrews playing as well as Kenyon Drake. Um, yeah. But uh, Lamar Jackson really disappointed with the, with the three fumbles he had. Um, and so that's two points per, per fumble. So I lost by eight. So that was pretty, pretty critical. And Mark Andrews with, a disappointing game only getting five he was projected for 14 but you know you can't really ever trust the projections but still i think he vastly under underperforms in in this game um so um yeah i had geez that like my bench like scored like almost as much as my my starters uh Jamal Williams, I started um, for, for the for the Lions this week over DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, that's a that's a whole other other story that um, we don't really. I don't know. Maybe we could get in, in, in into that, but uh, look l- look up DeAndre Swift news and uh, you'll. Were you'll, there developments? Uh, no, he played and he had twenty fantasy points as well. But Jamal Williams just carried more of the load. He ended up having like a oh really? Yeah, no, oh, he played. He had like a fifty-yard screen touchdown that really helped his value this week. But yeah, Jamal when it came to running the ball, they went with Jamal. And Jamal's he's a beast. He's been a beast. Um, like when it comes to pure running, me, yeah, yeah, you know, when it comes to pure oh, running, I mean, he's a better he's a better bat like running back. Like he's a big bruising back. He's a better runner than. Um, DeAndre Swift. So I get it from that standpoint, but he had eight catches for 56 yards. So he was taking away those, um, you know, those screens and stuff from Swift where that thought he was going to be the guy. So, I mean, if Williams can be the runner that we already know he is and be a pass catcher like that, I mean, he's going to get the majority of the load going forward. And they almost came back and won that game somehow against the Niners. Goff pulled himself together after that ugly pick six and actually played a pretty good game. Uh, I guess Jamal I guess Williams. So. Jamal Williams is uh, so last year with the Packers, he emerged late in the season as a incredibly reliable pass catcher. Um, I say this, this next thing I'm about to say, it's not a knock on Aaron Rodgers. It's not, it's not my dislike for Aaron Rodgers coming through. Rather it's my like for Jamal Williams. I almost would have rather seen Jamal Williams stay in green Bay than Aaron Rodgers this year, just because of the the type of player he is, the type of person he is one of my all-time favorite players. Um, so I'm, I'm super happy to see him taken off of the Lions. Yeah, he's a it's beast. really good stuff. He's always he been a beast. 
Him and Aaron Jones, like, that, was a good, that was a good yeah. tandem they had there. And A.J. Dillon could step up and do the same thing because he's a whole beast, too, for the backers. So I get yeah. letting him go, but at the same time, yeah, it's like, I don't know. But I think he should get the majority of the share there. And I couldn't have predicted that. What do you have, like 26 points on your bench? I didn't expect that week one. I think I think he'll earn it this year. I think that by the yeah. end of the year, Jamal Williams is going to be their feature back. Um, and, I mean, depending on what happens with DeAndre Swift, um, yeah, that, that could be a forced thing, too. But we'll hmm. see going forward. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, also on my bench, Sterling Shepard, who got 24.3 points. Wow. And then Mike Williams for the Chargers with 22 points. Just, oh, so many so many wide receivers that I bench. Predictable. Yeah. Oh, 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 really? Um, over, you know, you, you, so you thought Mike Williams was going to score more than than Calvin Ridley or Cortland Sutton, huh? Yeah, no, exactly. There's nothing you could do. It's just it's so unpredictable week to week. Oh, That's yeah, what, oh I thought you said predictable. Yeah, no, 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 oh, huh. no. Um, no, I mean, Mike Williams, he's always been a good fantasy guy if he can get the touchdown. His, But he had the touchdown and apparently – a whole lot of other and Sterling Shepard. I didn't see that coming from a million years oh, after yeah. adding Gallaudet. Maybe adding Gallaudet opened him up, but yeah, I mean, Kelvin Ridley, I thought was going to go off for 30 or 40 points. I mean, he's got that type of potential. I think he's going to be the leading wide receiver this year when it's all said and done. Tough matchup against Darius Slay against week one um, for him and the Falcons. And uh, yeah, Corwin Sutton, I mean, he only had two or three catches. That mm-hmm. shocked me as well. And now with Judy out, though, um, for, I think, four to six weeks, Sullen should get a lot more targets and should go up. But that's the thing. And then you could go and start all three of those guys next week, and they could probably put up duds. So it's like, I, I don't know. That's just we hope to press the right buttons at the end of the day. We're just totally gambling when we put a guy into our lineup. And I guess we'll see. Like, I mean, I ended up winning the game by eight points, whatever. But Jameis Winston scored 29, and Josh Allen only scored 15. That's a, you never would even give thought to that, especially yeah. against the. I thought the Packers were going to roll in that game. I did not expect any. I'm sure you thought that too. I did not I did. expect anything like that from Jameis in a million years. I didn't. I, you know, I took him last round of our draft, kind of as like a hey, I, I want to root for this guy. I hope he does well. Didn't expect him to score 29 points. Wow. Yeah. It's it's the players that you think aren't going to do well that always do well Mm -hmm. and the opposite like i i picked calvin ridley with the second pick in the draft and he only gets 10 points that's not living up to the to to the second round pick that that he was man so very disappointing game for ridley um this this week and just my my wide receivers in general um but you know that's just fantasy football sometimes so you know we're on to week two. Yeah, right. head down and go forward, right. I guess. So mm-hmm. I got two things. Number one, I think that Coop, I think Calvin Ridley, I think the hype is real, the hype that we heard all camp. So I, I wouldn't be too worried about the week one performance here. Oh, but, I, I, um, I'm not, but, you know, I'm still right. pissed, pissed that I lost. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course, especially with a second round pick like that. Um, yeah. But so – I think today, this morning, the news broke, uh, the Raheem Mostert news broke. Um, so he's, he's currently on IR. Uh, Matt, I see that he is currently your running back number two here. What, what do you think you're going to do about that going forward here in, in the week well, two? So they, they put him on IR and he was supposed to miss six to eight weeks. And that six to eight weeks, and I guess he tweeted that he's done for the year. So I more severely thought, so he's out. Um, now, I will tell you, waiver where I'm targeting. 
um, for all you listening out there, Elijah Mitchell <laughs> stepped in and played well. He got the majority of the running back snaps once Raheem Mostert got hurt. But on the other hand, rookie Trey Sermon was inactive for whatever reason. Week one, I guess, just being a rookie, they have they have a, they've always had loads of running backs in San Francisco. Long term, short term investment, Elijah Mitchell, great guy. Long term, Trey Sermon's going to be that guy this year, and they're going to be just fine at running back. Um, he'll be obviously be active this Sunday, and his workload will go up and up and up as the uh, weeks go on. He'll be getting 15 to 20 carries towards the end of the year. I mean, he's going to be their feature back. Good pass catcher, too, his last couple of years at Ohio State. Um, so they're in good hands there. And, I mean, I still think they look great on Sunday. They're still slowly going to develop it. You saw Trey Lance coming to a touchdown. It's still slowly going to get turned over to him at some point. Like, I don't know whether it – you know, you hope it's not via injury to Jimmy G. It's just I feel like they're going to be looking for the first – moment that he really has a down game to do it because i mean he is still their guy um, but it's like at the same time we know that they can win with jimmy g so i don't know that's just a whole lot interesting going out there but um yeah for right now i have rookie javante williams from denver hoping he's the same thing as trey sermon kind of gets more and more as time goes on didn't perform all week one melvin gordon had the 70 yard rushing touchdown also out there in denver so that that's he looks like he's trending down for the time being because melvin gordon looked great and then on the bench, uh, Leonard Fournette, only at 10 points. I have Zach Moss, who was a healthy and active for the Bills. That's not good. Um, so, yeah, so it's really thin. So I'm going to have to do some deep scouting because uh, far from my deal. And not to mention my RB1, my fifth overall pick, Zico Elliott, only scored 5.9 points. So right. it's a bad situation all around. Oh, you never like to see anyway. that. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah, the, the running back situation, that's that's tough for you right now. That's for yeah. sure. And it's my the most vital position. <laughs> right, right. Well, I had, I had quite the week this week. Um, I was playing a different person in our league. Um, and we, we both scored a lot of points. I, I ended up, ended up with a little over 200 points. Um, but you know, with Patty Mahomes at the quarterback position, Jonathan Taylor, uh, my lowest score was, uh, uh, Patrick Lindsay for Houston. He had 8.5 points. Um, not a huge workload scored a touchdown. Uh, was only targeted once. So that's not great, but Amari Cooper was, was the big point getter this week for me Oh yeah, coming in with 38.9 on a Thursday night. So that's, that's great to see. You love to see that. Um, love to see that my, I mean, going forward, I'm just hoping for more of the same. There wasn't any glaring issues. I, I think at running back, I'm a little bit thin um, right now, but obviously I can't talk too much with <laughs> Matt right there. So <laughs> I'll have to switch yeah. a trade or something. Right. Yeah. Hey, I'm open to it. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm super happy with my wide receiver room going forward here. Um, I think I got a lot of starters that are going to put up a lot of points. So, and once Chicago comes to their senses, uh, I think that Mr. Robinson here is going to absolutely take off. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about the whole Andy Dalton, Justin Field situation, but um, I think especially after, after Sunday, it's got to be soon. I'm hoping it's soon. Oh, yeah. I'm a Packers fan, and I'm hoping it's soon. Just just for the sake of watching Justin Fields play, oh, for yeah. the sake of good football, for the sake of competition, I hope that he gets in the game soon. But yeah, we'll see. The, the, uh, it's surprising that the Bears front office is still able to manage a football team, I feel like, you know? Why in the hell are they doing this? Uh, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Um, like, I was even, um, I heard a com- comparison that, like, you know, 
Patrick Mahomes, you know, sat behind Alex Smith, you know, Aaron Rodgers sat behind, you know, Brett Favre, uh, you know, the, the, the list can, can go on. But Andy Dalton is not in the same caliber of, of those players. Like, that is just such a ludicrous com- comparison. You, you um, draft Justin Fields with the, fo- the 14th pick, and <laughs> then you're like, psych, we're still going to go with, you know, the, Andy Dalton, who's in his 30s and well past his prime. Like, you could probably have worse, but... Still, very, very, very questionable decision. Um, I don't know. I, I guess NFL teams are kind of hesitant with starting rookie quarterbacks right away. But it's like, if not now, when? Don't you, don't you want to win now? It's, it's, it's very perplexing. And I do think that Justin Fields will be starting within uh, two weeks. Well, I, mean, I actually I, wrote an so. article um, on it for us for Jersey Column um, a couple of weeks ago. And Matt Nagy, make or break year, I think we can all agree on that. Um, oh, yeah. Wouldn't you rather go down with the guy that you traded up to get? I mean, because that, for coaches, typically buys you an extra year. You can see, you know, the rookie quarterback excuse. We've only been working together. Like, Andy Dalton gets him nowhere. He drafted Justin Fields. You know, he traded up, got him. He might not be able to get to use him. They could start 0-4 with Andy Dalton. I think he starts 0-4, that's the can. I mean, because I'm surprised they brought him back for this season. So he needs to get some wins, get some wins quick. So why not? I mean, you start the rookie, your window with Andy Dalton might only be, you know, three or four quick losses. Justin feels that window is obviously larger because you have the, you know, he's adjusting all that. So I don't, that's why I don't get it at all. And I do think it'll be within two weeks. Because you saw him even, I mean, he scored the touchdown, scored the rush touchdown. He came in and he's going to come in and take snaps like that. Just let him take all the snaps. I mean, I get maybe week one, you don't want him to go up against Aaron Donald. That can be career-defining. Like, oh, yeah. seeing that week one, that could affect yeah. the confidence for the rest of your career. So maybe that was something to do with it. That's yeah. a good point. Um, very so very well know. could be. Mm-hmm. But, my, my suspicion, right along the same lines that, that you're thinking here, Matt, but kind of in a different direction, it seems to me like Matt Nagy in that front office, office just has some PTSD when it comes to quarterbacks. Uh, the no, whole Mitchell Trubisky saga, that going terribly wrong, um, them having to basically restart the process all over. This seems like hesitancy that is kind of stemming from that kind of traumatic quarterback experience. Um, maybe it's not, but at the end of the day, I, I still think they're shooting themselves in the foot. And yeah. I think that, that this type of he- hesitancy is unreasonable, given who they have in the building. And given what we've seen so far in the preseason, it, it doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that your guys' two-week prediction here is right. Um, I would love to see Justin Fields against the Packers, um, much more so than Andy Dalton against the Packers. So, I know, fingers crossed. Let me just see what their um, – do any of you have their schedule open? I don't. I can yeah, also pull that up. I, I want to know what they have because, I mean – you could have the early bye week. That's always a good time. That's what we saw the Dolphins do with Tua last year because I think we can agree that was a change that was going to be made. But Fitz didn't deserve to be benched at the time. Um, I mean, they play – you know what game I'm going to – I say Dalton starts this week against the Bengals, obviously. He's going to start that next game against the Browns. 
Um, and then they come home and they face the Lions October 3rd. So that would be their week four game. I think that will be Justin Fields' debut. I think that's a good time to kind of ease them in. It looks like they have a later buy, so you don't have that extra early season. So, And they're not going to wait that long. Um, so I, I mean, think, think about uh, my, it. my prediction is week four. So, so if, if it is week four, if it is week four after they play the Lions, depending on how that goes, their next three weeks are difficult. You have the Raiders who are trending up, the Packers Bro. who – I think week one was a fluke and then the bucks and then, and then the Niners right after that. So he, he would be eased in with the Lions, Sure. But then kind of tossed right into the fire. And that kind of gets back to what Coop you were saying, if not now, when mm-hmm. um, there's really not a perfect time. And like, like you said, Matt, the bye week is until week 10. Yeah. Um, maybe they'll bring him in. That, that just seems like too late in the season to oh, have a yeah. complete change of ship like that. So, Oh yeah. I mean, looking at that, Looking at that stretch now, um, like you just mentioned, the Raiders, Bucks, all that, Packers, um, even the Browns is a tough game. I would have just started them to start the season then because, yeah, yeah. you would have – I mean, sometimes being thrown right into it like that against the top defense can be a good thing. Um, and, I mean, when he was out there, granted, he went through it once, ran it, handed it off a couple of times in the four or five snaps he got, um, held his own. I mean, I don't know. Because then you could have him, you know, coming home to face the Bengals. That would be a nice, you know, week two. Their defense, although it did play good against Minnesota on Sunday – Typically shouldn't be one of the best as the season goes on. Um, Cause I mean, like you said, if not now, when, I mean, you don't want to like that three game stretch right there, Raiders, Bucks and Packers, that's even worse. That could be even worse than the Rams. So it's like, okay, then you're looking at week eight. If you're going to wait that long, what's the point? You're going to be probably to what, two and five by then at best. Like I, so I don't know. Like I, those are some tough games. So it's like really looking at that now, they should have just thrown them in there. And I don't know. Just real quick, too. I just want to make the point to play uh, not devil's advocate, but to to come to the defense of the Bears front offense front office. Excuse me. Um, I think any time that there is a debate about whether a rookie QB should start when there is an experienced vet in the building, um, the front office is always going to know more than anyone else about the player what they can do. I mean, the eye test is one thing, seeing them play in preseason is one thing. Um, but there's, there has to be so much more that goes into these decisions all the way down to the personality of the player. Are, are they going to be mentally ready for something like this? And I'm not saying Justin Fields isn't ready um, in, in that respect. Uh, I'm just saying that the front office might know something that we don't. And even though he looks ready um, in terms of play on the field, there might be something there that they're like, we should wait on this because we're looking five years down the road when he needs to be a franchise QB, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that all that said, I still think Justin Fields should be starting, and I think he should have started week one. But yeah, one one more thing I, I want I want to get in um, on the topic of uh, f- fantasy here is I had a huge Thursday night, so I had Amari Cooper. Rob Gronkowski and Chris Godwin. So that was just a gold mine for fantasy right 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 there. Amari Cooper got 38.9 points. Rob Gronkowski got 29 and Chris Godwin got 23.5. So I had around 74 points I think it was um just on on Thursday night. What, what a way to s- start the week. And this is one in one of my other fantasy football leagues. And I was playing against 
my brother. So just what a way to demoralize him right right from from the start. Ended up with 169 points in the in the week. So just what 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 a week. It was an all-time fantasy football week for me. Matt, I'm sure you were uh, thinking quite the opposite looking at your scores on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Going yeah. up against Definitely. Coop. Yeah. But yeah, l- luckily you got the upper hand ag- ag- against me in um, our our league. This is true. Yeah, luckily. Luckily yeah. we came out with that one. Hopefully I just get more production because 106 points isn't going to lead me to a championship. And like I said, like we like we've talked about, got to find running back somehow. So. Uh-huh. Fun, uh huh. Fun, fun fact here, Matt. Looks like I got you next week. Oh, there we uh, go. Right now, you are projected to win by three points. So Ooh, we'll see. We'll see what happens close. there. See, see if that holds up. It. We'll have to see. We'll, we'll see. revisit it next week then. That we will. Oh yes. All right, guys. Sure. All right. Any last words here before we wrap up the first week? I think I'm good. It's good to good to get into it. I had a good time talking. I always love talking sports. So. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say four words. In Mac, we trust. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll end it right there. I think we can all get behind that statement. Yeah. So, all right, guys, it was great, and I look forward to week two. Come back and join us, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>